So, not content with making the Blue Jackets play the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the rules of the NHL also say that they have to play the Boston Bruins. We're going to talk about the loss to Tampa Bay and the upcoming game against uh, the number one team in the league. That's what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, anything and everything about your favourite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit subscribe yet, then uh, please feel free to do so. It helps me out, it helps you out, everybody wins. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts, and where this podcast is going to start is with uh, that game against Tampa Bay, uh, which, frankly, I'm not. I'm frustrated about this game. I'm not mad about the game. Um, they. Honestly, I think they did the best that they could against a very, a very good team. Um, San Jose, not San Jose, excuse me. Uh, the, the the Lightning have looked mortal this season. Um, they are, I mean, they're a good team. They're a very good team. Um, they are currently 19-9-1, so 19-10. and 10. Um, I think they're third in their division. Which, for the Lightning, it feels like they're on a bit of a slump, you know? Um, but they... They just did what the Lightning do and win games. Um, opened the scoring, like, four minutes in. Pierre-Edouard uh, Belmar off just a just a really nice pass from Vladislav Mesnikov. Um, I, I didn't see it coming. And so, you know, I doubtful that the goalie did as well. Um, Daniel Tarasov was really good in this game. He was really good. And it's unfortunate that it was the Lightning because I thought he deserved better than the results of this game. But I also don't know that I can be mad at the team for, for losing because, once again, it's the Lightning. Um, at this point, I just chalk that in for a scheduled loss, um, similar to playing the Penguins. Um, for whatever reason, the Lightning, since that playoff series um, in 2019, the... Blue Jackets have really kind of been victims of the Lightning. I think they took it real personally. Um, obviously, they then came back and won like nine or ten straight, or what is it? I think eleven straight playoff series um, after after losing to the Blue Jackets. So you know, I think they took it a little, just a little personally. Um, and so games are just never fun uh, against the against the Lightning. But Burma opens the scoring. Um, Kirill Marchenko scores his second goal of the season. This this Marchenko cylinder um, Johnson line I'm going to talk about later on because it was my favorite line of the of the whole night. I think it was the best line for the Blue Jackets, which feels a little bit like a problem if your best line is a 22 year old and two 19 year olds. But we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, ties the game at one, and honestly, the second period for the Blue Jackets was uh, was pretty fantastic. Um, they kind of floundered a little bit at the end. Um, they had at one point, I think it was like a 9-2 or a 9-4 shot advantage against the Lightning. Um, Brian Elliott was, again, very good. And uh, the the shots ended in the second period, 11-8 uh, in favor of the Blue Jackets. So, honestly, 
a pretty solid uh, period, all in all. I think the first period was very solid as well. They only allowed one goal. Um, they killed two penalties. They killed all three uh, penalties that the that the Lightning took. The Blue Jackets uh, only drew one penalty. Corey Perry, of course, failed to score on it, but um, they kept the penalties down for the most part, which I appreciated. Um, and, you know, like I said, for, for the first two periods, they really kind of hung in there and they hung with the, the Lightning, which is not necessarily something that always happens. And then in the third period, the Lightning just do what the Lightning do. Uh, they they took over the game. Braden Point scores his 16th of the season about nine minutes in. Uh, four minutes later, Brandon Hagel makes it 3-1. And then uh, Brandon Hagel scores again to make it 4-1. That's an empty netter, so we don't count that because we don't count empty netters in this house. But like I said, for the first, like... 51 minutes of this game, the Blue Jackets kept up. Um, they had to weather the storm a little bit in the first period, um, no pun intended, but for the most part, I, I liked a lot of, I liked a lot of what was happening on the ice. Um, the third period, I thought they, uh, yeah, they struggled, um, but like fatigue, very young. Um, Shot-wise, they, they stayed in it. Uh, it was 9-8 Tampa Bay in the third period, but just, like I said, I, like I'm not... I'm not mad losing 3-1 to the Lightning, um, you know, minus minus empty netters when you're keeping the scoring even, um, you're beating them in face-offs. Um, rough night for the for the top line for the Blue Jackets. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in just a minute. But um, Johnny Gaudreau, Gus Nyquist, and Bunyan did not have a very good night at all, and that's frustrating to see for many reasons. Um, Sometimes you just you have a you have a bad game. Um, and unfortunately, by beyond the Sillinger Johnson Marchenko line, none of the other lines really kind of picked it up, picked up the slack. Because that's the thing: if Johnny Gaudreau is having a bad night, then everyone else on the team has to step up. Is the thing. Um, I didn't hate the the line A line, uh, the the Roslovic and Chinikov line. Chinikov I thought was fantastic. Um, didn't get on the score sheet, but really really liked his game. He's he and Lina are building some good chemistry. It's uh, it's pretty fun to see. But um, in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about the game in detail. We're going to talk a little bit more about that kid line and uh, why I think they should be getting way more ice time than they are. But first, uh, I've got to tell you about NH NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a couple of drinks. couple becomes a couple too many. The evening comes to an end. People start to head out. You're like, mm, I could call an Uber. I could call a Lyft. I could call a cab. But you, you live home, okay? You live nearby. It's fine. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over? Anyway, and even even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, not a big deal. You could lose your license. That's a little bit more of a deal. You could lose your job. You could tow your car. You could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly, but that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence, and that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So let's talk about that kid line because um, I, I tweeted out some stats after the game where um, I kind of, you know, made a joke about it and the unhinging my jaw and just screaming about Cole Sillinger because he was one of the Blue Jackets best players um but by far uh, he led the team in uh Corsi 4 percentage he led the team in shot attempts like it's he had the least ice time 5 on 5 
like, what what are we doing here? Um, five on five. Looking at this, uh, he had an eighty five percent Corsi four rating. He had seven when he was on the ice. Seventeen shot attempts for three against. He had just under twelve minutes of ice time. Um, Johnson got three thirteen and a half. Marchenko got thirteen and a half. They also finished uh, above seventy percent. Eighteen and six and seventeen and six respectively. This is all five v five, so uh, not taking into account the power plays or the penalty kill. Conversely, um, Gus Nyquist had uh, twelve minutes of ice time. 10 shot attempts for 14 against while he was on the ice. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau only played 13 and a half minutes, 12 and 18. Boone Jenner played 14, 10, 13 and 20. Like, that's that's not great. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of bringing two points together here. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if your best line is only getting between 12 and 13 and a half minutes of ice time at even strength, like, that feels like a problem. Um, that feels like something that you should be doing something about. Um, Andrew Peake had a, a pretty good game, actually. Um, I know I've been tough on Peake the past few games, but he had a good game. Uh, 59%, of course, 4%. Uh, Jake Christensen was at 51 um, Like, that's... Th- those are the defensemen that I believe had the least ice time um, at even strength. Uh, for sure, Jake Christensen... But, and, you know, and again, we've got Erica Branson leading the way with, with 19 minutes, and he's allowing basically evens. Um, just, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what this, 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 I don't know what this is supposed to do um, for the team, frankly. Um, I don't know what this is supposed to do for success. And Brad Larson, after the game, was like, yeah, it was really easy to give Cole Sillinger a bunch of shifts in the third period um, because they played really well. They got nine shifts in the third period alone, I believe. Um, in the first two periods combined, they got eight. Like, I don't. And they were good as well. Like, that wasn't even a, well, they suddenly started playing well in the third period, so I put them out there. That was, hey, they played well in the, like, four minutes of ice time a period that they got. So we put them out there a bunch in the third period. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I genuinely don't get it. Like, this 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 team makes no sense. These coaching decisions make no sense. Um, and on top of that, if your best line is two 19-year-olds and a 22-year-old who is playing in his, like, 10th ever NHL game, like, again, that feels like you've got bigger problems here. Like I said, like, Johnny Gaudreau had a, had a the, the Gaudreau line had a rough night um, matched against, I assume, the Kucherov line for most of it. Um, I can actually look that up, I believe. Um, the Blue Jackets matched up... Um, They would have matched up uh, Kucherov, uh, Stamkos, I assume, would have would have matched up against Goodrow. And, I mean, there's there's your problem right there, is is what's happening there. Um, actually, I'm lying. Chirelli, uh, Pat Maroon, and Ross Colton matched up against the, the Goodrow-Jenner line, uh, which, again, that feels maybe like a bigger issues at hand here if you're matched up with the fourth line and you're suffering. But I don't know, man. I just... What more? What more do you even say about the the decisions that are being made about this team on a on a nightly basis? And when you have the coach that acknowledging that the player is good and still having still giving him the least ice time at five v five, um, I believe Liam Foody had more had few, uh less time than him. If you go to um all situations, because uh, Cylinder I believe does get uh. Special teams, time, um, time on ice. Yeah, Liam Foody got 12-37 all game. Sillinger, 13-13. Chinikov, 13-28. Marchenko, 13-58. Um, 
I don't know what we're doing here. I really don't. Um, just so, so frustrating to, to watch the decisions that are being made with this team. Um, in a minute, we have got to talk about the Boston Bruins, um, and we're also going to talk about Adam Boquist, who's making his way back, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, who comes out of the lineup when Boquist returns, because there's a couple of options, and, and there's also, you know, there are decisions that I would make that are not necessarily what the coach would make. So uh, we're going to talk about all of that in just a second on Locked on Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind the paywall for a Locked on product. That is our promise to you. So let's talk about Adeboquist. First of all, um, he's skating. He skated with the team uh, today, and I believe in morning skate yesterday he took part. Obviously, is not drawing into any lineups yet because this is like he's been uh, he's been skating for like three days after being out for eight weeks. Um, coming back from I believe a broken foot. Yes, he broke his foot, but Blanket Bow broke his ankle. Um, so who knows when he draws in? But he's going to draw in sooner or later, probably sooner. Um, who do you take out of the lineup? Um, the defenseman at the minute, Jake Christensen, Marcus Bjork, Andrew Peake, Vlaslav Gavrikov, Erika Branson, Tim Burney. Um, I suspect Christensen is probably going to be the one that gets taken out. Um, however, Christensen plays left, Boquist plays right. So do they take Marcus Bjork out of the lineup? Do they take Tim Burney out of the lineup? Tim Burney, it's tough because I feel like Marcus Bjork has shown more to to the coaching staff of why he deserves to be there. I think... And, and I think he, better for him to, it's better for him to stay in the lineup because I think he can stick it long term. Bernie has been fantastic for a guy, you know, playing in his, what, first 10 NHL games. Um, and, you know, he's he's constantly surprising everyone, teammates, coaching staff, other teams. Um, but he feels like a player that I feel like probably can get sent down, kill it in the AHL, and it won't do much in terms of his development and or or bad things to his development um i personally if i had to choose between taking bjork or bernie out of the lineup i would take bernie out of the lineup um however between christensen and bjork i'd probably take christensen out however i don't think christensen gets taken out of the lineup because he's um left-handed or he's a, a left defenseman and the blue jackets have like one healthy left defenseman right now and it's Vladislav Gavrikov, you know? Um, losing Wierenski and Bean means that, for better or worse, Christensen is probably their second left defenseman for the bulk of the season now. Like, they could put Bayreuther in, but why would they, frankly? Um, who knows? Uh, I Like I say, I personally probably would lose Christensen of those three names. Um, honestly, if I had to choose to have someone taken out of the lineup, I would sit Andrew Peake. Um, and this might be a hot take, but... Erica Branson is not getting sat. That's that's just the, the the way that it is. Do I disagree? Yes. It's just, it's the way that it is. They're paying $4 million for him. He's a veteran. He's big. He throws his weight around. He's a veteran. Blah, blah, blah. Andrew Peake is all of these things, except he's not a veteran and he's not making $4 million. Um, if I had to choose, I would take a Branson out of the lineup in a heartbeat. But if I accept the fact that Brett Branson is staying in this lineup, like, honestly... Andrew Peake has been poor this season. Um, and maybe that's, again, recency bias. 
maybe that's my bias against big defensemen, which apparently exists. Um, but I just, I feel like Andrew Peake has, if you'll excuse the pun, has peaked. This feels like the best that we are going to get from Andrew Peake at the minute. He is not a top-pairing defenseman. Is he, he might not be a second-pairing defenseman. Um, and I think at a certain point, you have to sacrifice hits and big bodies for being able to play defense. Um, and, I mean, they love Andrew Peake. They do. And I just... Part of me gets it, but he's got... Um, 45% Corsi 4 percentage. Uh, he's one of the worst on the team uh, in terms of healthy players. The only guys below him, uh, Chinikov, Gavrikov, Olivier Roslovic, Fudi Korali, Gabranson. Those are the only players that are worse than him. Uh, so he's like the, the third worst healthy defenseman right now. They're not taking Gavrikov out of the lineup. Um, they're not taking Gabranson out of the lineup. So... That might be that might be my my hot take is sit Andrew Peak even if you only sit him for a couple of games, sit Andrew Peak and uh, see what happens. But they won't. What's going to happen is probably Tim Bernie will go back to the AHL, um, and then uh, Jake Christensen will probably sit when Blankenberg comes back in maybe a couple of weeks. I believe he's still in the boot at the minute, uh, or he was last time they checked in with him. Um, I believe he had an x-ray the other day to try and figure out what's, you know, where he's at. So maybe we'll see Blankenberg in a couple of weeks. But for now, Boquist will be back maybe next week sometime, maybe the week after. I expect to see Blankenberg a couple of weeks after that. Once he gets back up to speed, once he gets, you know, the, the, the ankle mobility back. But that's my prediction is Bernie goes down to the AHL. Um, Beirut goes down to the AHL and uh, Christensen probably becomes the seventh defenseman, even though I'd rather have Bayreuther as the seventh defenseman and Christensen in the AHL, because at least then he's playing. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe they will shock me. Maybe they will surprise me. I don't think they will, but maybe they'll surprise me. I do think, and I was talking about this on Twitter a little bit, um, of the three young defensemen, so Christensen, Bjork, and Bernie, uh, Bjork, I feel like, is the best option for them to keep in the NHL. Um, I think he's the most NHL-ready of the three of them. Um, I like Christensen a lot. Um, I think he's got a little bit of work to do before he can be an NHL regular. Again, Tim Bernie, I think, has been a real revelation, but I'm not mad if he goes down to the AHL for a little bit more development, a little bit more seasoning. Um, Marcus Bjork has been a real revelation. Um, and he feels like, it feels very much like a, um, a Cole Sillinger situation where they keep trying to find reasons to get rid of him and he's just not giving them any. So that's, that's for my money, Marcus Bjork will probably be a Blue Jacket at the end of the season. Um, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see where they go from there. But like I said, it's, it's a long way off. Uh, but my guess is Bernie comes out for Boquist in the next couple of games and we'll see where we go from there. Um, we have to talk about the Boston Bruins now because once again, the rules say that we have to play them. I don't want to. I don't think the team wants to. Best team in the league by far. They've lost five games all season, I believe, which... Frankly, I would like it if they if they lost at least one more, maybe two. Um, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal team that I think everyone thought was going to be way worse than they are. Losing Bergeron to start the season, uh, he might not have been coming back. Um, losing Marchand, 
Um, you know, and then they got Krejci back, and it's all kind of everything's kind of come together for this team. And they're leading, they're leading the league in the penalty kill. Uh, they're leading the league in goals against per game. Their goalies have been very good. They're second in goals for per game. Um, they're second in faceoff percentage. They're third on the power play. Like they are better than the Blue Jackets in every conceivable metric by a long way. They've got, you know. Like I said, that top six is probably better than most top sixes, if not all top sixes in the league. Um, they're leading the entire league by four points. Uh, second place is New Jersey with one more game played. So Boston could hit 50 points as soon as tomorrow, which I would hate, but I could see it happening. Uh, Taylor Hall leading the way with six points in the last five games, three goals, three assists. Like I said, their goaltending has been very good. Linus Elmark is 17-1-1. One uh, with a 9.38 save percentage and two shutouts. That's bonkers. Like, that's legitimately bonkers. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Bergeron. That's that's a future Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. Jake DeBrusque has 23 points in 28 games. Taylor Hall has 23 and 29. David Krejci is back, and uh, ageless apparently, 21 points. Marshan 22. Pasternak, who we didn't even mention, he's got 40 points in 29 games. Dude is going to get paid this offseason like this is a very 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 good hockey team and frankly might as well just schedule schedule this loss in I think which is kind of a, a defeatist attitude to have that I hate a little bit but I think it the I think it would be very funny if the Blue Jackets won this game I also think it's incredibly unlikely Boston won the last game for nothing um and th that was a much healthier defense than they currently had so uh my money is that it's probably more of the same i just um, all i ask of this game is no one else gets injured and it's not too embarrassing um and that's kind of all i've got for you today uh it's friday today so no show tomorrow monday we will break down the uh game against boston that's happening tomorrow night and We'll see how that goes, but that's uh, that's going to be Monday's episode where we'll do a little bit of a mailbag as well. So if you have questions for the mailbag, get those sent in. Uh, you can at me on Twitter, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-I-S-T-E-R. You can at the podcast, which is L-O underscore Blue Jackets. You can email them at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. You can comment in the comments of the YouTube. You can DM me. You can at me on Twitter, all of the all of the above. Like, send me a letter. Don't send me a letter. If you send me a letter, I'll be very upset and creeped out. But, um... Any way that you want to get the questions to me is basically okay with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locks and Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. Uh, also over on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, then we're on our way to our next milestone over there. So if you haven't, I would really, really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, thank you once again for listening. I appreciate all of you listeners, watchers, etc. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.